Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbooked job, by any means possible. And today, I'm bringing on an expert who has made lots of streams of income, basically passive income and other streams of income that's going to make him money without working with his online businesses. He has like seven or eight streams of income. He's going to show us how he does it and how we can too. All right, let's start the show. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We've already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. And now, here's your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's up, guys? Now, I absolutely love passive income. I also love streams of income, basically where you have lots of ways that money comes into your pocket. Now, our expert that I'm bringing on today has a lot of different ways, at least seven. It seems like six or seven, maybe even eight ways that he makes money from his businesses. And these are online businesses that basically work for him. He can do whatever he wants because he has his businesses that make him money. Now, with these passive streams of income, He's able to basically help and serve even more people. And that is what's so amazing about creating online businesses is if you figure out a way to help other people, they're going to pay you to show them how to actually do it. You guys know I invest in real estate. I also teach people how to invest in real estate, but there are so many other things you can teach. Let's say you wanted to teach people how to have backyard chickens, or if you wanted to be able to drag race your car, I don't know, I'm just making up things. If you wanted to teach people how to do that, more than likely, you're going to find an audience that's going to be out there that's going to want to listen to you. More than likely, you're going to be the expert. Even though you might be one step ahead than other people, you are still a step ahead than some other people, and you can make money doing that. It's just absolutely amazing. I am blown away at how awesome it is to make money online. In fact, I even have friends and family members that I try to tell how to basically create an online business showing them how to make passive streams of income, but they just don't get it. It's sad. Like they're like, I, I understand the premise, but I don't want to do it. Like uh, it does, it just seems far-fetched. Does it seem like I can do it? And that's the thing that we needed, you and I, we need to not listen to people who have never done it before, who don't know what they're doing and who are actually going to probably try to hold us back. You know, there's a saying that, I don't know if it's a saying, it's actually probably true. If you put a bunch of crabs into, you know, actual crabs that live in the ocean, you put them into a five gallon bucket and you just dump them in there. And as some try to pull out and get out of the bucket, the other ones grab them and pull them back down so they can't leave the bucket. So you'll never be able to get out if you're around the same people. Now, what you need to do is pull yourself literally out of that bucket yourself and not be pulled down by other people so that you can be around the people that are not going to be naysayers, not going to be the ones that are going to say, oh, you can't do it. Or basically what happens is they put their limitations, their own limitations, because they know they can't do it. They can't do it, but you can. You need to get away from people like that. Now, I went to a conference recently. It's called Podcast Movement. I love podcasting. That's why I have a number, like three different podcasts, and Successfully Unemployed is obviously one of them. And as I was at the podcast, I met lots and lots of fantastic people. I love being around good people who are 
doing the same thing I am that want to get better and they also want to help other people. So my expert that I bring on today, I met him there and I said, you need to be on the Successfully Unemployed show because of all the great work that you are doing. People need to hear how you did it so that they can do the same thing as well. And that's the reason why I'm building the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is to bring so many like-minded investors together. Right now, I literally have 27 speakers. They're going to be teaching everything from like I teach rental properties to Airbnb to multifamily, you know, like big 100-unit apartment complexes to mobile homes, land investing, and even communal living. Yes, like literally getting seven, eight people living in one house all these different things. And we're literally going to be helping each other. It's like no sales pitch. We're not going to say at the very end of each session, run to the back and give us $20,000. We're not going to say anything like that. This is literally a community. And that's when I went to my conference, the podcast movement conference, which was super helpful for me and my business. I said, we need to help other people. And that's why I'm creating the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. I want you to learn how to invest in real estate. So go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com. R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com. The link will be in the description. You want to get your ticket right away and you want to be at this Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. You'll hang out with me. I will literally be all over the place, you know, roaming the halls and just hanging out with people as well as all these other investors and speakers. You do not want to miss it. Also use my promo code, coupon code, whatever you want to call it. Use the code Dustin, basically my name, D-U-S-T-I-N, and it will give you $50 off of whatever pass that you're getting. I just want everybody, all of you in my community who are listening to the podcast on a regular basis, I really appreciate you guys for listening. That's why I want to give you this discount of $50. Go to rubcon.com, get your pass, and come hang out with me and so many other great people. We're even going to be doing live podcasts there at the conference. It's going to be in March here in Phoenix. It's absolutely beautiful. All right, let's jump into today's show where I am interviewing Vincent Pluglisi, who's going to be sharing with us how to create online businesses that create massive amounts of passive income from those businesses as we help other people. All right, here we go. Vincent, thank you so much for being here on the show. Thank you, my friend. It's a pleasure to be here. Now, tell me, how do you make money to provide for yourself and your family without working that dead-end J-O-B? Yeah, it's a great question. It's, it's the one everybody wants to figure out, right? Right now, for me, it's a, it's a handful of things. We have multiple streams. We have a membership site for entrepreneurs, for creative entrepreneurs. We, we call it lonely entrepreneurs because we realized that though a lot of us are getting that freedom that we're going towards away from our jobs, when we do it on our own, it's real kind of alone. We're alone. Our brother-in-law doesn't understand. Our parents don't understand. We get kind of blank stares. So when we created this community, it was like, well, I just needed a place where other people understood where I was coming from. I didn't realize that was going to be a common tie-in. I, I had a different idea for what it was, and that was what kept coming. So it's there's a membership for that. There's an elite mastermind level for that. There's a lower level that's just content only, that's not community. On top of that, there are affiliates. There's books. There are speaking engagements. There's coaching, and there's consulting from that. So that's, that's seven or eight of the different streams that come in. Man, that's that's terrific. And when we first met, one thing that I really gravitated or reason why I gravitated more towards you cuz you're you're a giver. Like you just love helping people and I that easily comes across in just as you're, somebody starts talking to you. So, I was like, man, I got to have Vincent on the show because he's he just loves to give. Now, thinking about creating that business or getting to where you are now, you didn't start there. You also had probably a job or a corporate world. Like, talk to us about where you've done before and then how that gets you into where you're at now. 
Yeah, there's a couple of steps. And I think the first step is probably important for your audience. I was, well, to begin with, I was rebellious to begin with. I didn't want to follow any direction. I was terrible in school. I just wanted to get out. I remember a friend of mine saying, what are you going to do? Like midway through senior year, everybody else was going to college. I was like, I didn't know where I was going. And I remember saying very clearly to him in the hallway, said, I have no idea, but I'll figure something out. And what surprised me was how confident I felt when I said that, even though I had no clue about what I was talking about. I didn't know, but I remember thinking this isn't for me, but I have conversations with adults and I could be witty with them and I could be funny. I can make them laugh. I can make them think so I can relate better to adults than I can to my classmates or even my teachers. So I just knew this wasn't the spot. So I'm like, just get me out. The problem was I had no real understanding of the world. I had, I didn't even have very many ethics or morals at that point. I was a 19 year old know-it-all, you know, Italian New Yorker. And I had, you know, I was, I would steal. I was stealing from, you know, some of the jobs I was at. I got arrested for stealing. I was not a good person, right? At that point. And I think some people can understand that or, or have gone through that. I had to have my moment. So I went through five years of going into college, dropping out of college, community college. I mean, it's not hard to get into community college. And I failed out multiple times, multiple majors. And what happened was I got, I got arrested for stealing. I got caught again. I worked at a convenience store. And we would, and here's the thing, before digital everything, we could finagle things where you'd overcharge a customer by 50 cents or a dollar. And this is 1989, right? So you can almost like the wild, wild west compared to now. And we kind of did this. And all of us were doing it. We're like, whatever, $5 for lunch or $25 for a concert ticket. Well, I got caught after I was arrested. It was this woman's old lady. And she kind of counted up the bill. And she was like, you just, she, she told me exactly what I did. And I knew I was caught. And she said to me, she goes, I got you. She caught me. And I remember I went to bed that night, 22 years old. Knowing it all, right? Like some of us did at that point. And I woke up in a dead sweat. Just I had a nightmare. This woman was in my nightmare, like pointing at me. And I and I woke up and my, I gasped. And I said to myself, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. And I had never worried about that. I was always going to figure something out. I went downstairs. I'd moved back in with my parents at that point. And my dad came down. It was like 2.30 in the morning. And I'm just sitting there. And he looks at me and goes, what are you doing? I said, and I just looked at it, I said, I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. It's the first time I was concerned. And he goes over, and me and my dad didn't get along. As you can imagine, you hear my past, you can understand why we didn't get along. And he looked, he goes over to the water thing, he gets water, and he, without even looking at me, he goes, well, you love sports, because that's all I did was watch sports or listen to music. He goes, you love sports, you love taking pictures, you like traveling. He goes, why don't you become a photographer? You could be a sports photographer. I'm like, is that his job? Because they never told me in school that that was a job. They only told me what their jobs were. I'm like, that's a, that's a real job. Like you can, that's like that would be my dream job. I'd be on the field, taking pictures, getting paid, and being with the athletes that I watch on TV. But the thing was, Dustin, I had no nothing to fall back on, so I had nothing to lose. I didn't have a degree that I was going to waste trying to do something else. I had nothing, so I was like, why not try it? I went out and bought a camera the next day. Five nights a week, because I was in New York, I would buy tickets to Yankee games and Met games, and I would sneak down to the front row, and I would take pictures, and I would ask the photographers questions. I'd say, what kind of film are you using? What kind of camera? Why'd you? Then I would bring the newspaper in the next day, and I would say, how'd you get this picture? I would literally be, be bugging them every night. 
the first thing. So to, this was my first real school. I didn't care about the other school. I literally every night wanted to go to school and ask these people questions. Well, they started to kind of befriend me a little bit. Some of them I annoyed, right? Because I was very, you know, into this. And I wound up making some pictures, you know, getting some people's attention. I wound up getting it, getting an internship. But here's the thing: I got an internship for Bruce Bennett Studios, which was the team photographer for, for some NHL teams, the Rangers and the Islanders. But they didn't want to pay me anything because I had no experience. So I was an intern. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. As long as I could shoot a game every once in a while. So they called me the Vintern. That was my nickname because of my first name. But then I finally got a raise. I got paid and they, they paid me minimum wage. So then I became minimum wage. That was my nickname. So it kept, it kept jumping up with my elevation of my career, um, tongue in cheek. But that led to me becoming a photographer. And I, then I, that worked for there. I got an internship with Newsday at New York. Then I got a, a job, went back to school. And all of a sudden... I am this professional photographer. I went back to college, won the William Randolph Hearst National Championship. So I was like the top college student, then come out with a job. So that was the whole, that's where it all started from the trouble to actually finding something. The problem was when I went back to school, I was now on the path towards being employed, which I never wanted to do. I didn't even realize that the early days, I loved being a freelancer. I loved creating my own schedule. I loved, you know, I get to choose how much I make. Now I'm on the path away from school and my wife and I, who I met at college, both got jobs in a newspaper in Indiana, loved it, got to shoot the Super Bowl. You know, the president would come to town. I would be with them, but I'm making $15 an hour. So what happened was my, we, now we want to start a family. I get married. We have a baby on the way. We're eight months, Elizabeth's eight months pregnant. I win top sports photographer of the year. Biggest award that I could possibly win in my field, Evansville, Indiana, me first place, Los Angeles Times second, Sydney, Australia third. Like, how did this happen? So this, we have a baby on the way, top award. This is where I finally get a raise, right? This is what's supposed to happen. And I walk into my boss's office and he praises me. And some people might be able to relate to this. You did everything we needed you to do, you know, went above and beyond. And he took his glasses off and he rubbed his eyes and he goes, I can only give you 3%. And I was like, <laughs> I make $32,000 a year. I said to him, I said, you know, 3% of your salary might be something. I was angry. I said, but 3% of nothing is nothing. What am I going to make now? 33800 I don't know what I'm going to make, but it's not going to make a difference. And I stood up angry and I walked through the door frame. I'll never forget. I said to myself, it's over. I said, I can't do this. And I looked around the newsroom and I saw all these people that just complained all the time and they never had any money and they never had any time. And they're in this career they thought was like the be-all, end-all career. And they don't realize it had suffocated their life away. And I'm 32 years old. And I'm like, this cannot happen. So I went home. And I, I left. Left my, you know, I'm going to go shoot something, whatever I'm going to do. And I called my dad who had his own business. And I said, I asked him if I could work for him. But he's in New York. I'm in Indiana. It's 15 hours away. And he turns me down. And I'm sitting there. And I'm like, even my dad's turning me down now. Like, I'm getting rejected everywhere. And he said something that changed my life. He said, I've been trying to tell you this. You haven't listened. Maybe you'll listen now. He said, you have a skill, but you're not using it correctly. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you're settling. He said, you can do anything you want. You could shoot pro sports for magazines. You could shoot commercial. You could shoot weddings, corporate, anything you want. You can, you can set your price and you can control your time. And you're settling for $32,000 in benefits. And when your dad tells you that, it's a kick in the gut. 
usually it's like, oh, no, get a safe job. He's telling me you're being too safe. So literally that day I, I got in the phone book. I called different photographers to see if I could freelance for them. They all said no. I took the phone book. I threw it against the wall. And they said, like, if you can't beat them, join them. I said, if you can't join them, we're going to beat them. I called my wife. I said, we're starting a business. She's eight months pregnant. She goes, what? I said, we'll figure it out. And that's literally how the transition from job to entrepreneur started. Man, and having a child on the way and not having an income, was that nerve-wracking? Because it seems like, well, for me, with I was working a regular dead-end job, and I was working and working and working, had kid after kid. But at the meantime, I started buying properties. Eventually, I had enough rental properties where I literally had, I don't know, thousands and thousands of dollars coming in. I was like, man, why am I working here anymore? Mm. I had a safety net or, or I had something to fall back on. But you didn't. What no, was I did. that I, like? I, I, I oh, did. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't. I was dumb, but I wasn't that dumb. I didn't just quit. So, okay. So what I said was, we're going to start this business. Elizabeth's going to leave her job and be home with Andrew who's now 16. He was, you know, about to be born and she's going to stay home with him. We're going to cut our salary in half, but we're going to start this business. So here's what we did. We said, okay, we're going to live off of my income. That's what we're going to live off of. But the business that we build, we are going to take that money and we're going to pay down our debt with that money, all the debt that we had, including our home. And when the business has reached a certain point and the debt was gone, I'm going to leave and we'll be free. So it was, it was two and a half, three years. It was tough working all weekends, working nights, working mornings. You know, we're, we were doing the website in the morning, blogging, all, everything at night, editing pictures, doing all the stuff. But as the, the thing is, as the business grew, Dustin, as we started making more money, every bit of that paid down our debt. So it's like it was this double whammy of security was going up and risk was going down at the same exact moment. So once the, everything was done, the house was paid off everything our salary had doubled over our newspaper job or tripled over our newspaper. We were making six figures now in our business with no debt. We quit like that and it was instant freedom. The next week I had no nothing committed, one shoot to do, all the time in the world and no money problems. And it was like, how in the world did that just happen? So that's that's the transition that we made. Well, the the reason why, there's, there's um, two words that come to mind as the reason why you were able to do this. It's called delayed gratification. You're basically working hard now. You're doing something that most people wouldn't do, like forego watching TV, forego, you know, spending money on this, you know, not going into debt. You're also building a business. Like you're saying, I'm going to delay my gratification, basically being happy for right now so that in the future, I can literally have all the time, all the money and not have to worry about anything. That's the same thing happened to me with six to seven years of just grinding, not going on vacation, not even going out to eat, just saving every penny because I knew, because I invest in real estate, every penny that went to something else that did not go to a property was that much further away from me to be able to quit my job and never work for anybody else again. When I was 37 years old, I was like, my goodness, I literally don't need to work in here. Even though I'm making $75,000 a year, I'm losing money because the value that I have in myself is worth so much more than they're paying me. So I quit now looking back and I'm like, I make it like three, four, five times more than what I ever made at my job. So yeah, the delayed gratification is something that everybody needs to grab onto. Now, transition that from creating this business. Now, yep. do you do also still have the photography business? Because now you don't necessarily, um, you didn't talk about that, you yep. know, but do you still do that as well? Or is that something no. that you transition now to where you have the membership and everything? 
yet we transitioned. What happened was, so we lived a really good life. It was a comfortable life for eight years. You know, by the time we quit, we had another son. No one was born. Then we had, then we moved to Pittsburgh and we had another son. So we had three boys and we homeschooled. So we knew what it came down to us was lifestyle. What kind of, and I don't mean lifestyle like jets and Ferraris and Lamborghinis. I mean lifestyle like time with our kids and freedom and do whatever we want to do. It didn't require that much money to live the life that we wanted. It wasn't that expensive. I always say like kids aren't expensive. Parents are expensive. Parents, parents make kids expensive. They're not, our kids love outdoors. They love playing in the dirt, looking for bugs. It didn't cost that much money to do that and go to Chick-fil-A. It really wasn't that much of a problem. And so many people give that up because they think, oh, I need to match my $150,000 salary to even leave. No, you don't. What do you need to live off of? So you can then go build that thing where, like you said, make five, 10 times that amount. So we did the photography thing for, you know, many more years. And then we we went, you know, we freelanced. We started a wedding photography business, which made really good money. We did commercial, corporate, all that type of stuff. And then this was the transition around 2016. I was like, I'm kind of just not challenged at all. I, every time I would get, you know, kind of dull, I would I would change it. I would say, I'm going to shoot this different way or change lighting or change styles. I had run out of changes to really, I need to be, I need to be evolving. And hey guys, get my real estate investing course absolutely for free. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I'll give you literally give you my real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country to invest, how to build the business first, how to scale the business, buy the right properties, making $250 or more every single month in passive income. I'll literally just give it to you. You can get started investing right away. Text the word rental to 33777. I just didn't feel like it was evolving. And then I did a wedding. Liz and I both did a wedding where I was going through an adrenal fatigue and it was the worst thing I'd ever went through in my life. Couldn't sleep you know, wake up at two o'clock in the morning and don't fall back asleep for, for six, eight, 10 months that went on. It was brutal. During that time, we had a wedding and I was so tired that I went to the groom's house to get ready for the getting ready pictures, shot the entire day, including the reception and drove home and thought, I don't remember anything. And normally all the pictures are going through my head. Did I get this one? Did I have the good, didn't, I don't remember any of it. I was so tired. And I remember thinking this is going to be our first real complaint. Like they're going to come back to us. And what happened was Elizabeth processed the pictures, sent it to them, and they emailed back. And I was dreading it. And she goes, you got everything. You got every moment you captured. And Elizabeth's like, oh, my God, what a relief. And I said, I'm done. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, if I can sleepwalk through a wedding and not even know what I did and still do a good job, I'm obviously not challenged with it anymore. And I need, to, I need something else. So that was literally right around we decided we're gonna we're gonna end the wedding business. But at the same time, that's what was really cool was I was shooting a wedding and there was a DJ that was a great DJ, but he was terrible at business. He was your classic artist that's great at the art, but not good at the business side or the money side. So during dinner one time over salmon at a reception, before the reception starts, I'm coaching him on his business and he's taking notes. I'm like, you could do this, you could do that. And he's like, Where'd you learn this? I'm like, this is what I study. I don't study photography. I study business now. He's writing all stuff down. And the reception starts. He goes, we got to get back out there. He goes, but I need to talk to you more. I said, okay. So I went home and that was around the time. And Elizabeth said, what are we going to do? And I said, that conversation I had with that DJ, that's what I want to do. I said, if I can get paid to have conversations for a living, that is my dream. That is what I would love to do. 
And that's literally how the transition from the photography to all this other stuff happened. That's great. And I, a lot of people talk about following something that you're passionate about, but it, you're not always, you don't always know exactly what you're passionate about until something like sparks inside of you. Now, I do want to touch on the idea of being challenged. Now, I'll give you um, like how I am as well. I'm very, very similar to where if something starts to get a little, I wouldn't say boring, like I always need to be building something new, not for the sake of building something new, but I, I feel so much more alive when I'm building, when I'm creating, when I'm like, like I'm starting a literally a real estate investor conference, literally going to like put my, sign my name to a hundred thousand dollars if it fall, it falters to the hotel or more. And I'm like, you know what? But I feel alive. Like this is literally what I love to do. I love building. I love growing and I love doing things and being creative. And so would you find that that's just a personality trait or is that something that people can kind of grab onto and say, you know what, I need to force myself to get out of my comfort zone so that I can make myself have delayed gratification and then look to the future and say, you know what, this is not my comfort zone, but I need to challenge myself. What are your thoughts about that? I think for some of us, it comes naturally. I think for you and I, it comes naturally. Generally, I don't know if this is you, but the ADHD entrepreneur, it usually comes naturally. I'm ADHD. Right. I'm definitely not, but I'm more, I'm definitely a very focused person. Okay. So yeah. So, but what I've noticed in ADHD entrepreneurs, they're always looking for that next challenge, right? That's me. Um, I think those people need to teach the steady people about this. That's what I, because the steady people are very comfortable with what they do and they're, but they always have this angst of they want to try something, but they can never get out of their own comfort zone to do it. I have those conversations all the time to me. There are days I wake up and I want every client of mine to fire me. And I'm not even joking. I want everybody to fire me. Because to wake up, to have none of that responsibility, as much as I love it, and to start something completely new that can totally fail is so much more exciting to me than maintaining something or even growing it after a certain point. There's always a level of even income where I'm like, who cares? Who cares? Well, we're just going to now go double it. There are some people, that's their, their excitement. Let's 10x it, Grant Cardone. I don't care. I have no interest in that. I have interest in what am I challenged with that is going to fail. So I tell myself, I always have to be a beginner in something. I always have to be growing something and try to be an expert in something at the same time. So if I'm just an expert and I've been there, when you build up something to the point, and this is most employees, right? At a certain point, you build up something to it. You are the expert at it. And you're, it's you, and I'm the photographer that sleepwalks through it. I make good money. I'm not challenged by it, and I'm bored out of my mind, right? That's why employees often do need a side hustle just to get that challenge. For me, I always have to have that, and I know whenever things aren't going well, I'm not balanced there. So whether it's writing a book that can fall on its face, a podcast that I have no idea if people will listen, like you, like you're doing a conference that is frightening but exciting at the same time. There's always got to be the beginner aspect, something that I'm growing, say the podcast I've been doing for two years now, and now I'm learning, oh, I haven't tweaked this. That's my growing aspect. And then the expert where I'm running a membership doesn't require very much time. It's not very stressful, makes good money. I can let that thing ride and grow it if I want, or just attend to them when it's, you know, when we need to. When I have those three things in balance, there's never a problem, but I do think more people need the challenge side of it, the, the, the beginning side of it for the energy that you just talked about, the excitement. Yeah, and I found that not everybody is designed to 
basically be an entrepreneur or an investor mm-hmm. or because I try to tell a lot of people, I basically tell as many people as I can that it's possible to be a real estate investor. Like it's not rocket science. Like anybody could do this. But I found that like 25% of the people that I talk to actually like, oh, that's interesting. The other 75% are like, ah, I don't care about any of that stuff. Or if I tell them, hey, there's a way to make money on like an online business. You can mm-hmm. make money through affiliates, through having courses and all like, all these different ways. 25% again are, oh, that sounds great. Teach me or show me like, wh- how can I do this? Other 75%, they're completely comfortable yep. and they like that comfort- comfortability, if that's the right word, um, of just working for somebody else. And if somebody, so if you're listening or watching this on YouTube, if you're realizing that you're that 25%, you're the ones that are saying, you know what? I actually know that I can tolerate the risk of mm-hmm. you know starting something new or at the same time or on top of that saying, I really want to get out of my comfort zone because I'm just getting stale here. I'm just not, there's a, a, a quote from a movie called Tommy Boy. I love it. The dad, uh, big Tom Callahan says, in business, if you're not growing, you're dying. There's no third direction. I said, I 100% agree with that. I always need to be growing. So tell me about that idea of always being growing. Because I like the idea of being an expert, being also, you said expert, what were the other two? Uh, Beginner, expert, and learning? Be a beginner in something, growing something, and being an expert in something. Got it. So talk to me about that. Like, how do you constantly try to make sure that you're growing in something? Because it's so easy just to be comfortable and just keep going forward with where you're at. Back to what you said, there's like the 75% of people that don't want it. I say, good luck. Enjoy your life. I am not trying to convince those people of anything. The world needs that and they're happy where they're at. There was a time where I'd be like, no, you need to start. No, they don't. They don't need to start. They're very happy. They want to get their pension or they want to get their retirement. They want to, whatever they want to do, that's not a world I live in. That's why this world is difficult for me sometimes because if it's not those type of conversations, I get very bored with small talk. And I find that in a lot of the, I hate to say it, but a lot of the employee conversations I have in my world, I don't really know where to go with it. There's, we talk about the kids, we talk about the baseball game. But when I talk to entrepreneurs, man, is it exciting because they're challenged with something. I was never challenged in a job except for complaining about my boss. So it's, there wasn't very far to go. So I don't focus on people that don't want it. I really don't at all. That, that's wonderful. And I don't think they're wrong at all. But I do know that the 25% that really want it but are being dragged down by that 75% need to get around more of the people that are talking like we're talking. Because that's like the breath of fresh – sorry, go ahead. That, no, you're 100%. That, that's a fantastic point that you just made is being around more people that are like-minded. Now, when I first started investing in real estate – or even starting online businesses, I especially real estate. Like when you talk about getting a rental property, you'll hear everybody, like your aunts, your next door neighbors, they'll tell, oh, you're getting the real estate. Oh, don't do that. You're going to have somebody tear up the property. You're going to have the 2 a.m. phone calls, the toilets. Like they'll give you all these reasons why they don't do it. They're naysayers. You don't want to be around the naysayers because they don't know. Number one, they have no clue what they're talking about. They just heard from somebody else. Number two, they don't know how to do it right. And so if you're around people that don't know how to do it right, you're wasting your time. You need to not be around the naysayers, but you need to be around the people that are actually doing it, what it is that you want to do. Being in a community, being in uh, or just, let's say, a mastermind or an apprentice or being around people who have already done it, doing what you want to do. Because 
there are 75% of the population that are there. They just, they love being employees, which is great. I need to hire employees. I have plenty of employees. I love hiring them. They're fantastic because they, all they want to do is work and get a paycheck. And that's great for them. I have a friend that when she hires for her team, she asked them, do you want to do this for a living? And they're like, the ones that say yes, she doesn't hire because she knows within six months, they're going to go off on their own and, and build their own business. That's wonderful. But you got, but the ones that like, no, I would never want to do that. Like, I really want to help out. I'm a number two. Perfect fit. You have to know I'm not an employee. I'm a terrible employee. If I had to get a job again, I'd be fired by 9.03 a.m. on Monday. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> because I'd be like, we got to do it this way. They're like, no. I remember that. That was the moment in my job. My boss, my editor, I came in with all these ideas. I would always come in like, we could try this. And I got so frustrated because they never implemented any of them. And I walked into his office all belligerent, like, I'm going to not bring you any more ideas. And he looked at me and he said, good. And I was like, what? Like, I really thought, like, he's going to miss out. He didn't want my ideas. Mm -hmm. My ideas were making life more difficult for him. He didn't want it. And I realized this isn't the world. I got to be in a place where I can have ideas and, and mastermind on it, not be told, good, keep the status quo, leave me alone. That's what I was told. So yeah, it's, it's you have to know what game you're playing and who you're hanging out with. So is there, uh, along with the idea of be challenging yourself, if you're in that 25%, somebody that says, you know what, I really like what Vincent has, like the direction he's gone. Is there something that we should do to shake ourselves up? I mean, would it be literally like, I'm going to up and quit? Like, like you were kind of, oh man, I'm just literally going to start another business. What would you say to somebody that, that they say, man, I really need to shake things up. I really need to start growing in something. I'm an ex expert here, but man, it's just, I'm not, I'm just being stagnant. What would you suggest to them? It's a good question, but a hard question because what I've learned in doing this in communities and masterminds, everybody's, not everybody's motivated the same way. So I used to think it would be like, oh, if you do this, what I've learned that for me, that, and this has helped other people, I tell myself, this is going away. What I have now is going away. By the end of the year, or by the end of this quarter, or whatever, mentally, it's gone. Even though it's not. Even like, the everybody's going to quit the membership of the mastermind by December, right? When I do that, it forces me to say, well, if that happened, what would I do? And that's the question you want to ask. If it does go, because everybody's like, oh, my job's secure. No, no job is secure. Even government employees get laid off. And the, the worst calls I get, Dustin, are the ones that people that have known me for years and they knew I wrote a book called Freelance to Freedom, which is telling them how to do it. And then <laughs> they say, they say, hey, I literally got this during one of my retreats. Guy Dan goes, he goes, hey, I just got laid off. What do I do? And I'm like, get a time machine, go back a year, get a DeLorean, go back a year and start over and do all the things that we talk about, like building a network, like helping other people, like connecting people together, like starting content or creating content with no expectations of it growing or making money that you just need to get better at it. You do it now, you're going to be desperate and desperation smells. So if you come to me, you go, I just got laid off. Hey, hire me for this. I'm not hiring you. I'm not doing that. I don't trust you right now. You haven't done the work. And I think most people don't get started before they need to get started. So if you have an inkling of doing anything, Pretend like what you have is going to be gone at a certain point and start doing the work that makes no money now because everybody has to do that. There's very few instant successes. I give the example of your favorite band. Like name your favorite band and they go, oh, whatever, and how much money they make. Well, do, what was it like when they were writing their first songs? They went into their room or into their studio and they wrote songs and they put chords together and they made no money doing it. But they're still being played today 20 years later.
because you have to put the front-loaded income. It's not passive income. For you too, it's passive income now, but it's really front-loaded because they played those songs in 1979 when nobody listened. And I think there's just a lot of back-end work that needs to be done with no glory before you get there. I imagine you had those same stories, that same example with your life, but people think it comes easy quickly and it just doesn't. Yeah, that's that's great insights. Now, let's move into the rapid fire round. The rapid fire round where the questions are short, but your answers don't have to be. So the first question is, you've given us lots of great insights on being an entrepreneur, starting businesses and everything like that. Is there anything else we might have missed? Any questions I should have asked that we that would help us to really start moving forward if we're that 25%? Yeah, there is. It, it's The question I ask and has nothing to do with business is what kind of life do you want? What life do you want? At least now. Because I have people that are telling me, oh, I should do this. I don't want that life. I can do it. And it's the whole adage of like, you're putting your ladder up against the house, but it's the wrong house. So you want to climbing up this three-story house and you look around and you go, that's great, but I don't want to be in this house. I want to be over there. So for me, I knew what we wanted. We wanted, you know, when, when we had kids and we were home during the day when they were little, I said, I want, to, I want us to raise these kids. I want to be with them during their youth. This is what I want. This is what we both wanted. We wanted these memories. We wanted to be able to travel. We wanted to be able to take three or four months and go on the road, which we've done multiple times as a family, see the country, see the world, be together. That's way different than somebody that wants to build an empire of a business, an $80 million business. Now we're both entrepreneurs, right? Two different worlds. Mine is a lifestyle entrepreneur business, right? It's a lifestyle entrepreneur business that I can do when I want, where I want, I need to make a certain amount of money. Above that's gravy. It's not hard to do when you get there, but it's not necessary. So to me, the advice that they would give me, oh, you need to have all this. You need to have a team around you. You need to have multiple. That's not the world that I live in. Tim Ferriss has like five assistants that are contract. He doesn't even really have staff. Has the biggest podcast, one of the biggest in the world. It's a lifestyle business. Same with Jordan Harbinger. That's, you have to know where you want to go first because otherwise you're going to build something that might've been what somebody else wanted. So it's not just having a business. It's what kind of business and what kind of life do you want? And when you know that, then you start doing the things that build that life, not just the business. That's great insights. And I remember when I was growing up, I always thought that I wanted to be a CEO of a huge company. Like that, that's my goal was to be a CEO because I, the big reason why now I'm looking back now, I didn't know of anything else. I didn't know, the ultimate goal was to not work for somebody else. The ultimate goal was to have control over my life. And I thought that was the only way is just to be the head CEO. Now, looking back, I'm like, there's so many ways. That's why I created Successfully Unemployed. There's so many ways to actually get there to where you can design your life the way you want it around you, as opposed to, oh, my dad this did this and I, was, I heard about this. So that's the only two things I'm gonna do. No, no, there's so many different ways. Okay, so what is one bit of advice you would go back and give your younger self? It could be business or life or anything in that regard. Yeah, I, it's a great question because I'm afraid of this question because I've seen Back to the Future too many times. And I know that if I go <laughs> back in time and I mess something up then, it'll screw everything up now and I don't want to do that. But if you promise me that nothing gets screwed up now, what I figured out was back when we, when we got out of photography or when we quit our job, right, and I went into shooting full time. Looking back, that was just when Facebook started. That was the online world was very new. There were hardly any podcasts. And we had done all the things that needed to be done to teach other people how to do this. But I didn't do it. I just went out and shot some more, right? There's a, there's a woman named Jenna Kutcher who has like one of the biggest, she's a photographer, huge brand now. 
based around photography and then building a business. I'm not even sure she was even shooting at that point. We were ahead of the game in terms of our experience and did nothing with it. We all know John Lee Dumas. He started a podcast in 2012 interviewing entrepreneurs on how they built their business. He wasn't even an entrepreneur yet in 2012, five years after we quit our job to be on our own. He became an entrepreneur because of the podcast. He wasn't even an entrepreneur yet and went on to build now one of the biggest podcasts in the space while we shot. And so we we wound up creating no content. We wound up helping nobody except our immediate clients. I, I don't like to think about what would have happened if I actually put the effort in there as well in terms of if I started a podcast in 2007, if I started writing a daily or weekly blog, if I created a course, we would have been like one of the originals on it in this world and we didn't do it. So I don't want to change our life. I'm staring at a pool and a lake and I have all the time in the world. It's a wonderful life, but I kind of get a little uncomfortable thinking about we really could have been owning that land before it became, you know, overpopulated. I completely get it. And something that gravitates towards me, a quote that I just love, it's a, I think it's a probably a proverb or something like that, like a Chinese proverb, but it, it goes, when is the best, the best time to plant a tree? Well, it was 20 years ago. The next best time is today. You literally need to do it today. And so if you don't do it today, in 20 years, you're going to look back and say, man, I wish I'd have planted a tree 40 years ago. So we don't want to be, we don't want to let time keep going by. We want to plant it today. Okay. So what is one tool or one app or something that you use in your day-to-day life that we should look into using? It could be a piece of paper and a pencil. It was a piece of paper and a pencil for me for a while. And my wife wanted to kill me and stab me with the pencil because I would leave notes everywhere. I mean, every post-it, every back of the envelope, I have ideas all the time. Um, she got me a remarkable two for my birthday a month and a half ago. And I absolutely love it. It is a digital tablet that I put all my ideas on. You can email with it. You can draw. You can you can list everything. It keeps all my stuff in there. I am so thrilled with this thing. I need to get it better organized. But I'm not very much a gadget guy. But this is a gadget that I love. So that's top of my mind in terms of in terms of what I've been using. That's cool. Man, Vincent, you give us lots of great insights. I know people are going to want to listen to your podcast, check everything that you do. You hopefully even check out your membership. So tell everybody how they can find you, reach out to you. Yeah, thank you. Um, Total Life Freedom Podcast is the podcast. It's a daily short form show. We do weekly themes, which is really cool. And then we have an expert on at the end of that to talk about their, their expertise in that theme. Um, we're almost at 930 episodes now, which is really cool. Um, if you want to check out the podcast, we'd love that. Any information on us, totallifefreedom.com is where all the information about the book and about the upcoming book, The Wealth of Connection, and about the membership on there. Vincent, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been fantastic. So I really appreciate you, man. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders Membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L 
833-733-777 so you can see how you can quit your job, that J-O-B, by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, Share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successful, unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. See ya.